When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We think, you know, really to move this world forward, there needs to be a large segment of vehicles that are focused on efficiency. And we focus on efficiency first, and we think that it just makes the value proposition incredible. You know, hey, zero fuel cost transportation, uh, you know, that will change the world. All right, well, we're so lucky to have with us today the co-CEO, Chris Anthony, and the head of solar, Anuj Thakar from Aptera. Thank you so much, guys, for being with us. Looks like you guys have your shades on. Awesome to be with you. The future is so bright at Aptera. Some exciting news, I guess, going on at Aptera. We just heard about a few days ago that you have a new partnership. You want to tell us about that? Yeah, we have an amazing new partnership with CPC in Italy. They build some structures for amazing supercars uh, that you've seen uh, throughout the years. Uh, and now we've partnered with them to make our beautiful uh, body and carbon monocoque structure for production. Really a way that we can scale production, you know, um, like we never thought possible with our old composite technologies. And now moving uh, into production with them, we just see a bright future and really being able to uh, to crank these up tears out. So Sandy Monroe was on the video talking about how he really was impressed with that technology. Can you tell us more about, so like why go with carbon fiber? It sounds super expensive. Uh, carbon fiber is a bit more expensive than other materials you could use, obviously, but uh, you get the great benefits of lightweight and strength. And from Sandy's point of view, it's also a coefficient of thermal expansion problem that when you use materials with large coefficients of thermal expansion, it makes it really hard when you get to the production floor in aligning things and tolerancing things together. Uh, notoriously in steel vehicles, you know, once you weld them, they start to bend and twist. And, you know, that's why you see videos of vehicles made in the 70s and they're putting two by fours in the doors and, you know, pressing the hinges back so they can get the doors to align. Uh, with a body in carbon, that just doesn't exist. You're basically taking a rock out of a mold and putting it you know, on a pedestal to bond the other pieces to it. And it's just dimensionally accurate to the nth degree. You see some of the supercars that CPC builds and the quality is just immaculate. Um, and you know that's what we hope for, uh, for our Aptera builds in the future. Is there anything to be worried about? I remember uh, back in the day, people loved their BMW i3s, but then they would get into the slightest little fender bender and uh, they'd have to throw away the whole car because it was totaled basically like a five mile an hour collision. Is this something we're going to have to worry about with Aptera? We have taken into account, you know, those kind of fender bender uh, type accidents. Uh, you know, we have a separate kind of rear uh, piece. We have a nose cone piece and obviously our wheels are outboard. So, you know, you would change the, the wheel cover, um, you know, if you got into a fender bender or something like that. But the structure being so strong has huge benefits, you know, in, in, in low speed accidents and kind of, you know, the dings and scratches you get in parking lots and, you know, grocery carts rolling into your Aptera. You know, they just 
aren't a thing. Think of like the uh, Saturn of years ago. You know, they had um, SMC door panels. Uh, they were glass SMC, not, not carbon. Uh, SMC, but you know, they'd whack them with a sledgehammer um, and nothing uh, would happen to the door panel. Uh, we're taking that to kind of the next level uh, in terms of strength. So, you know, really it's about, you know, lightweightness and having our large organic shapes that can be super aerodynamic. But, you know, um, on the other side of that, we think is a very, very durable product uh, that, you know, will hopefully stand the test of time and, and be a vehicle that will last for generations, uh, not years. Now, I got to be honest, one of the things that really first attracted me to the Aptera was the solar. Right, having this vehicle that is so efficient and that can run off the sun, I was like, yes. But then I started getting a little skeptical. That's probably just me. But I was like, are they going to actually be able to pull off solar all over this weirdly shaped body? So Anush, tell me, like, what has it been like trying to get solar on there? Where do you guys, where are you guys today with that technology? Uh, you're absolutely right. One of the greatest challenges with getting solar on this vehicle is trying to build solar panels that will uh, both match the complex geometry of the vehicle, uh, but will also last 10, 15 years as our target. So a number of folks will say, oh, it's been done before. You know, you see these solar race cars um, that college students build. But what a lot of folks don't realize, first of all, is the curvature on those vehicles is very slight in many cases, um, but they're also definitely not built for long-term reliability. So a number of these folks will, uh, you know, they'll run their race and pull it back in and just protect it, um, you know, wiping it with a nice microfiber cloth or something of that nature to, to protect it. And any kind of small impact, you, you tap on it, you break it. But we've actually been able to do a couple things in order to achieve uh, two axis curved solar that lasts that 10 to 15 year range. Uh, so first we actually announced a, a partnership with Maxion recently. Uh, Maxion is an uh, industry leader in, in solar. So they produce a, uh, a cell type that's called an interdigitated back contact, uh, which essentially means uh, <laughs> the contacts are on the back of the cell and you're able to get an incredibly uh, uh, significant amount of flexibility from the cell with a very thin footprint while still using uh, a silicon-based uh, cell type. So a number of folks will ask, well, hey, when you start to go to the semi-flexible cell type, don't you sacrifice efficiency? And typically that's actually the case. You start to look at uh, thin film cell types or other cell technologies and you almost always have a trade. But we're actually able to leverage this technology that uses a monocrystalline or silicon uh, cell type and matches this two axis curvature in our lamination process to get uh, very high efficiency cells in the panel. So that's one thing that's definitely added a lot of value to our technology. The second is actually developing uh, what we call a lamination stack. Um, so our solar panel uh, actually consists of nine different layers. You may look at it and say, that doesn't look like there are nine different layers in a stack, but solar cells are actually incredibly susceptible to environmental conditions, as I mentioned earlier. So for example, uh, you want to protect against water vapor transmission. You don't want the cells to corrode due to uh, what's in the air really uh, intruding on that solar cell. So we have to use laminate materials uh, that will block the environment from the cell, while also uh, including layers that have very high light transmission and a very low coefficient of thermal expansion. What that's actually led us to do is create a nine layer stack up that uh, together uh, offers all of the benefits that you might need 
uh, for protecting the solar cells with actually about 50% of the weight of what might be commonly used in, in the industry or otherwise used. So obviously we've designed a vehicle that uh, has an efficiency first um, kind of mantra in, uh, in the design. And so we wanted to design a curved panel that would also be lightweight so that we could lean into the efficiency of the vehicle. Where we're at today, we've passed reliability on the medium scale for 10 to 15 years. Uh, we have ongoing testing for the full scale panels. And I'm actually sitting right in front of our low volume production line here. So we've developed new production processes filed, I think it's about 16 to 18 patent applications on our solar technology. And we are producing panels using our production process, trying to ensure that we have a very stable process that has a very high yield. And we're improving the process, integrating that into our uh, what we call manufacturing execution system so that we have really good traceability on the manufacturing line of components, their sources, we can track down any issues in the process, and we're building a robust manufacturing process that can scale for high volume next year. So when we talk about solar, I mean, obviously most people's interactions with solar are either, you know, a big fenced off area of, of like a big grid scale solar or on their house, on the roofs. And people are starting to learn that some of the early installs of solar roofs weren't as efficient as they could be. When you have different pitches and, and you have solar panels on different pitches of the roofs, and if they aren't optimized properly and strung the right way, then you don't end up with the most optimal um, solar collection. Um, how do you account for that on a vehicle that not only has you know a back and a front, which are obviously in different planes, um, but then also uh, curved sections where every cell is going to be getting a slightly different exposure to the sun? It's absolutely true that uh, mismatched shading or mismatched lighting conditions does change the output of a panel. Now, inherently, a vehicle will never be in the most optimal position for solar. You know, you're driving it north, you're driving it south. In some of our actual driving tests, um, what you might expect is true in that in the northern hemisphere, you drive up a south facing hill and you get the most power output. But we're actually able to have uh, some accommodations in the design of the panel itself uh, to better optimize for a vehicle scenario. So what we're actually able to do is electrically separate different strings into zones of the vehicle. So what you'll actually see is one area of the vehicle may be getting more light than another, but those two different zones are actually uh, performing uh, a power conversion in isolation from one another. Uh, so you actually won't hinder production uh, of your solar power in one part of the vehicle just because another isn't necessarily facing the same lighting conditions. It's led us to create uh, a pretty elaborate charge controller that has several several different zones to, uh, to convert that um, that power to high voltage, but it definitely helps improve the uh, efficiency. And say so we also have to face challenges of actually driving the vehicle while it's charging. So yeah. you can imagine like driving by a semi truck and it shades half of your panels as you drive by. So our solar charge controller has to react really quickly to those conditions. And that's why we've broken it up into several zones, you know, per panel. And then the charge controller can make decisions. Okay, this is receiving more light, yep. take the maximum power from that. This is receiving less light, take, you know, the maximum power from that at a lower uh, charge. 
but I think it's a compliment to our electrical engineering team on how well that works. Um, it has extreme uh, conversion efficiency compared yeah. to other <laughs> solar devices, and I, I think it's uh, you know it's an amazing piece of our solar puzzle. Yeah, I, I love working with the electrical team because uh, every time we get a new, uh, are performing a new test or get new boards in, they like to say oh, it'll be five, six weeks before we test this or before we've validated this component. And then the next day I get a text message, oh, it all worked perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> they all start cheering. <laughs> Engineers like to build and yeah. buffer. <laughs> but it, I think it's also a testament to the really good work that they've been yeah. doing. Will users get to, as they say, park it in their driveway, get to see something that tells them like, oh, if I turn my vehicle like 15 more degrees that way, it would maximize things. You know, is there some way that we can give feedback to drivers? We've actually been working on some UI concepts on actually how to do that. Um, there are absolutely ways that we can collect the information and share the information that allows you to see, okay, what is the best, uh, you know, angle to point your vehicle, but also best inclination to also point your vehicle. So we're doing some initial tests um, and integration of that UI at this point, um, while also going out into the real world to collect and validate this data. We'll figure out uh, or define a bit later whether that's in our launch vehicle, um, but it's absolutely something that we'll be looking into for, uh, for longer term integration. Yeah, our user interface will be terribly unique because, you know, Aptera being the most efficient transportation device ever, people are really going to care about how they yeah. use their energy per mile. And we want to give them lots of information about yeah. where their energy is going. But on the flip side, it's the first vehicle to ever actually create its own fuel. So people are really going to care about, you know, every photon that's turned into an electron, people are really going to care about. So we want to give them a lot of data on, you know, how they're producing electricity and also hopefully gamify the system so they can see how other people in the Aptera community around them are producing electricity and hopefully compete to make the most power <laughs> with their Aptera um, and do cool things with that power. Yeah. I, I know that uh, when I'm out myself testing it, it's a lot of fun. I start playing games with myself. It's like, oh, what if we go park on that hill over there? Are we going to get more? And, and I didn't expect it myself, but you know, I remember the first time we started doing this, it's like, oh, oh, there's a cloud coming. Oh, watch it drop. <laughs> That's so cool. I mean, you could even have like ramped parking space where it's like southern, you know, <laughs> facing south, and you just like whoop and bark, and then you get the most yeah. sunlight every day. That's so cool. It's what a fun thing. Let's face it, we park cars ninety five percent of the time. Just the parking is now more fun instead yeah. of like I put it over here. Hopefully nobody hits it. Now you're thinking like, it's doing something while I leave. How fun. We foresee a future where people are bringing like RV ramps to their workplace so they can, you know, get another 10 degree angle, you know, while they're parked for work. Um, so yeah. some very cool possibilities. Can you imagine we're all around the water cooler? Like, <laughs> so where'd you park today? Yeah, I know. <laughs> what can users expect to get for a real world range out of their solar panels. Have you been able to get, you know, get any numbers yet? Yeah, I mean, I, we actually still hold to that uh, up to about 40 miles of range. Um, so it's definitely uh, realistic based on what we're seeing in some of our test data. When you make the cells more robust, you you take down their efficiency. You, do. you know, yeah. every layer that you put over these cells decreases yeah. their efficiency. So I think Anuj looked at the initial problem and he was like, you can take 20% of the power production right off the top because I'm gonna have to put all this stuff over these cells to make them safe. 
faith. And we said, well, how about we give you a couple more cells? And he's like, oh, well, that would help. Yeah. So we, yeah. we've added to the solar cells and he's optimized you know, his laminates. Um, so it's not a 20% hit. And I think uh, we've kind of yeah. struck a nice balance uh, to where we're kind of back where we started from. Yeah, the other note there is that you really are going to have variable output through, throughout the year. In the winter, when you're really not getting as much sun, the output does get reduced a little bit. But then in the summer, where you have much longer days, you'll be able to get much more solar. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to some of our continued testing. Over the next several months, we're collecting data right now. I'm going to continue testing that in a real world uh, constant driver over the next several months to get that solar output. Yeah, the cool thing is we uh, we can run kind of a baseline here, but the uh, InRail data, National Renewable Energy Labs, has very good insulation data for all around the world. Yeah. Uh, we can basically you know plot power production you know for any day of the year you know any place in the world, which uh, which is a great tool for for future Aptera owners. Now, as you get closer to production, I got to imagine if I was CEO. I'd be worried that maybe I couldn't put solar on the first vehicles, that it would bring the price up too much. You know, how definite are you that solar is going to go on these things from the very beginning, or would it possibly be something that we'd get later on as an option? Yeah, another challenge for Anuja's team. We're like, we want all the solar. He's like, whoa, we don't want to build all the solar. Uh, you know, yeah. the... the, the the fact is that about 80% of our customers want all the solar. Yeah. So, you know, we feel it's important to launch the vehicle with all the solar. That's our aspiration. Um, you know, we have uh, we have many months to uh, to challenge Anuja's team to get that done. But as you said, you know, we're producing 10 panels a day now. Yep. He's built all the different various panels, you know, the, the hood, the dash, the roof, and the tail. Um, he's already gone through that exercise. So I think it uh, feels very tangible now uh, that we won't be just delivering Apteras with solar dashes. Um, you know, we will be delivering Aptera with full solar uh, from the beginning. Now, here's a tough one. I am a big fan of Arkimoto, another three-wheeled electric vehicle. They're having some troubles right now, especially ramping up production. They have plenty of people like your company that love their product and want to get the product. Are you worried that you're going to be in a similar situation where a production just takes longer than you think? I mean, Elon talks about it all the time, how it's just a way harder problem than we all think. Um, you know, where are you at in that process? Um, you know, I, I should have little bracelets made, uh, you know, what would Sandy do? That's kind of, um, you know, our fallback on all these types of broad questions. Uh, you know, we're talking about how do we get our battery pack into production? Well, the, the final uh, battery pack review was just done by Sandy's team. Okay, we have, you know, a pin in that we're going to, you know, production with this design because Sandy's reviewed it and, you know, it's commoditized and it's manufacturable. Uh, same thing with Sandy's uh, team helping solar, same thing with Sandy's team helping, you know, CPC execute on the body structures. So in kind of all these pieces, I think we have very good resources on the design for manufacturability, which will hopefully quell a lot of the, you know, manufacturing headaches. I would say if you're a company, you know, out there trying to scale, try and engage Sandy's team uh, because he will save you a lot of a heartache. There is the only built here mentality. Um, you know, you only want to trust your own engineers and kind of going outside uh, is uncomfortable. Uh, this is my eighth startup. I've never been blessed with the kind of knowledge that Sandy has given Aptera with my other companies. Um, and, you know, just like we have a manufacturing execution system uh, operating at solar, which gives us a data driven manufacturing environment from the start. Um, and, you know, to have that in my other companies would have just been amazing. Uh, but we've had the foresight and, you know, consultation from Sandy and Pablo and his team um, that have just said, you know, start it right, start the factory to build 10,000 a year, 
run a second shift to build 20,000 a year. Don't start building one a day and then try to ramp it to two a day because then you're asking everybody on the floor to double production and their heads explode. They go, I can't do, produce twice as much, you're crazy. Then you want to go to four a day, oh my God, you know, I'll never, I'll never get to see my kids. You know, start the plant building 40 vehicles a day and buy all the infrastructure, buy all the equipment, buy all the tooling, train the people to build 40 a day and execute on that. And I think that's what we're, what we're pacing to do here uh, in the next few months. We feel pretty lucky here. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. On the show because we have all these spies that we send out. They're basically our viewers and our spies have been in your vehicle and have sent back really glowing reports we had one guy i think he was like six foot five and he was like i was really worried because i have one on order and i didn't know if i'd fit and then he reported back i i fit with room to spare and i think it's amazing to a lot of people because they look at the vehicle and it's just hard to picture how they fit into it and stuff but we've been getting reports that it's just really easy to get in and out of it really feels great when you're in it um how have you been able to do that yeah i mean uh jason hill uh and the design team has uh, done an amazing job with you know really characterizing um you know the ergonomic needs of people uh the aptera is a unique vehicle uh you know the aerodynamic shape means you're kind of you know laid back more like you're in a sports car than you would be in an suv so making that seating position comfortable and making you know the steering angle and the vision system that's in front of you and now most of the functions for the vehicles are only three buttons in the aptera there's two door buttons and a hazard switch those are the only buttons everything else is on the screen so you know accessibility to that screen and you know the ergonomics of that is, is super super important but you know it was eight months ago or so they had um, an interior buck up in LA they had 150 people or so set in it and you know characterize everything and that's the knowledge that went into gamma uh, to build out that interior so I think uh, you know the the very first ones we built um, the alpha series uh, did not have the benefit of any of that we had to just make a lot of assumptions and just build that vehicle and you know it was functional and it was drivable but you know it was lacking uh, in a lot of ways uh, so you know we learned a lot from alpha and then we were able to you know really characterize beta and then all that knowledge fed into gamma so we were lucky enough to you know be at the fully charged show and you know have a have a great showing and we kind of brought our own fan base you know over 100 of our ambassadors flew in uh, to see that vehicle and i think uh, it was an amazing experience to see how people really interact with the vehicle you know hey you know this that i could imagine sitting in the seat for 600 miles um you know I, I think that the visibility looks great I, I was worried you know that i wouldn't be able to see behind me and stuff like that so um it really is a credit to uh, to jason and his team to, to work through all those details but it's it's coming together nicely one of the biggest topics at our lunch table here at now you know is aptera i've got to ask this question for our editor bobby he said you have to ask chris this question when am i getting my aptera and so i think the number one question a lot of people just want to know is like when when will it be available so what is what are your thoughts on like kind of general availability i know that california is going to get it first and that makes total sense but like what are your thoughts on the next step outside of california you know uh everything on our our production ramp is funding dependent um, so, you know, uh, should the funding gods uh, open 
open up to us. Um, it takes, uh, Pablo's team would tell you about seven months to start production from the time he gets his first equipment. Uh, and you know, a lot of those equipment, you know, it's big checks, you know, million dollar checks to, to buy some of this equipment and tooling. So, um, you know, we, we hope that uh, we can bring the pieces of the funding puzzle together here towards the end of the year uh, and be solidly in production uh, in, in 2023. Um, having said that, you know, if we build many vehicles in 2023, you know, it depends on where you are on that list. Um, you know, we'll obviously deliver to California, Southern California first, because those are going to be the people that are easy to get to. And if we have early problems, we really want to take care of those customers. Uh, and we want to get feedback because, you know, a lot of other automotive style programs uh, design a vehicle and put a pin in it and then do not change that vehicle for years uh, into the future. Uh, but I think, uh, uh, you know, giving Tesla much credit in the way that they have rolling changes uh, in their assembly line is uh, is really cool. You know, they, uh, they, they find a better product, they find a better manufacturing method, uh, they find something that's better for the user and they just implement that. So we want to do that too. You know, when we have the first 500 Aptera on the road, we're gonna get a ton of feedback. And, you know, somebody's gonna say, you know, the position of this is ugh, or, you know, the way this feels is ugh. And hopefully we can, <laughs> can make that better uh, over time and really quickly. So we think it's important to, you know, ship those first vehicles close to home. But we wanna be around the world World as quickly as possible because you know we would love to you know have these vehicles in Australia and you know in, in England and in Europe and you know we, we think that they will really be advertising pieces almost everywhere that they go because um, you know there's going to be nothing that's um, more unique driving around uh, the streets of wherever you are than an Aptera so uh, we hope to uh, you know ship around the nation uh, very quickly you know uh, I would say in 2024 um, and then around the world, uh, you know, soon after. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know where your producer is uh, <laughs> in the ranks of, of orders, but obviously you guys will see some of the first vehicles uh, because we want your feedback. So uh, talk to me a little bit about some of the funding puzzle pieces, as you put it. Um, you know, what are some of the pieces that you're looking for? Are there, uh, you know, if people are watching at home and they're just like, how can I help? I know a lot of people want to help as much as they can. What, what are some of the things that they can do? And also, what are some of the, um, you know, larger forces at play? Yeah, we uh, we currently have a crowdfunding open. Uh, it's called a Reg A plus tier two offering for the SEC. Uh, but that allows individuals with, you know, more than a thousand dollars to contribute to, you know, um, a business that they are inspired by or, um, you know, really want to uh, to help foster that business model. Come with a thousand dollars and you can invest uh, in early Aptera. Uh, you know, wouldn't it have been nice to be able to invest in early Tesla or early Google? Uh, but 10 years ago, you know 15 years ago it just wasn't available there was no mechanism uh, for people to invest in stuff like that you had to be rich you had to be in a fund you know it, it just wasn't uh, accessible to, to common people but now since uh, 2009 there was a jobs act passed and in 2015 the SEC finally solidified instructions on how to use it and by 2017 it's like okay people started to figure out okay this this would be called crowdfunding uh, but it wasn't really until 2019 that anything kind of happened in the crowdfunding space so it's really kind of a new mechanism uh, for people to invest in great ideas like this. But, uh, you know, one way to support Aptera is just go to invest.aptera.us um, and, and, and invest. Uh, we have over 15,000 investors uh, supporting this project now, which is just mind boggling, um, you know, but uh, that, that's the first way. The other pieces of that funding puzzle, you know, are more, are, are larger checks, basically. Uh, high net worth people, uh, family offices, uh, venture capital, 
uh, institutional investors. Um, you know, those are the types of people that we're talking to now uh, to get the many millions of dollars that we need to buy this big equipment and such. So um, if, you, uh, if you know someone in that space, um, you know, we say we're only one inspired billionaire away uh, from having this uh, company <laughs> fully funded. Uh, but it really is just that, you know, we think we're gonna meet uh, that right person, that right fund, uh, that right institution that says solar mobility is the future. I get it. You know, vehicles should be made for efficiency. You know, there's a place for large SUVs and, and pickup trucks in the EV market. But we think, you know, really to move um, this world forward, uh, there needs to be a large segment of vehicles that are focused on efficiency. And we focus on efficiency first. Solar power is a nice, uh, you know, attribute that we can add after. Uh, and we think that it just makes the value proposition incredible. You know, from a business perspective, you know, hey, zero fuel cost transportation, uh, you know, that will change the world. Uh, Anuj, a question for you um, about the solar. How much of this have you kind of learned on the job? Like, it seems like the kind of thing where no one's done this before. So it's not like you can learn it in school of like, <laughs> I'm no going textbook. to like solar, <laughs> you know, vehicle 101. Like, yeah. so what was it like to be hired as head of solar? Like, did you just come in there with all these ideas and you knew what to do? Or did you have to like, and I know you're next, sitting next to your boss. So just, you can just, <laughs> just do like this and just. <laughs> Anoush has a, has, yeah. a has a big old brain. So, uh, <laughs> well, so, you know, I think the, the challenge of solar is one that's uh, very well understood and that there are a number of limitations on, uh, you know, how the environment impacts uh, pre-existing solar cells and solar cell technologies. Um, so you're actually able to operate within a somewhat reasonable framework and that very early on you can create, uh, let's say, a target specification for the product in that, hey, we're creating a solar panel, uh, uses a solar cell technology that is uh, novel to an extent, but also decently well understood. Um, and we have a couple new constraints for uh, the weight of the product, as well as the geometry that uh, we're trying to match with that product. So from that perspective, uh, the challenge ends up being, I'd say, twofold. Uh, one is a material science challenge. Um, so you end up having a lot of material science to work on to try and create this lightweight product. And the second is actually a manufacturing challenge. I would say that a lot of our intellectual property is on the manufacturing side of these panels. Um, so when we first started uh, this project to try and uh, develop two axis curved solar, it's okay, let's define what our key challenges are, uh, what uh, key metrics we want these uh, solar panels to achieve and start doing the materials and manufacturing in order to achieve that. Now, from my perspective, I've been through production environments before and a lot of companies will uh, fall prey to designing engineering without manufacturing in mind. And so uh, very early on, the question that I had, and I think I shared this in a recent video, was not how do we build one, it was how do we build a thousand or a million of these? Um, and so we started to think about um, both, okay, what are all the materials we can use and how would these fit into a high volume manufacturing process in the future? What I'm actually really excited to be able to have achieved, and it was not an easy thing to do, um, is to actually have developed a manufacturing process that could actually enable a nearly 10 minute change over time. If for example, we wanted to use a seven layer stack up or a 12 layer stack up or a five layer. 
uh, we can actually, we've worked on the materials and manufacturing side uh, to be able to adapt our manufacturing process uh, for any issues we might see in the field instead of having a two, three week changeover on the, on the line. In just a few minutes, you could replace uh, some of the materials um, that you may have specified using our manufacturing process. Yeah, we, we've operated within a framework of what our requirements are, uh, some of the environmental conditions that are very well known in solar, as well as some of the new uh, requirements or conditions that the panels would be exposed to in an automotive environment. And we've been working on the manufacturing challenge from the very beginning. Um, which I think has really enabled us to, you know, have this low volume line here that's producing panels at 10 a day. What if you just design the Aptera to have a flat section and you just slap a standard old solar panel on there, call it a day and it works on the roof of a house for 20, 30 years, you should be good. You pay a little more for the high efficiency, maybe three, 400 watts and, and you go, what what are we you know what are we wasting all this time and money for trying to develop curved panels? We got flat panels all day, and you know the back of the Aptera is relatively flat. Who cares? Well, why do, why not do that? So there are a number of reasons. Uh, let's figure out where to start. I think one is we we've really been trying to design the vehicle from an efficiency first standpoint, and there are two considerations there. The first is the geometry of the vehicle leads to the geometry that we have, or the aerodynamics of the vehicle leads the, to the geometry that we have now. And that really does lead to uh, pretty dramatic curves in some areas where if you actually try to slap a flat panel in there, you have to lower that panel to such a significant level that uh, you start to intrude into the cabin space or the space where a user's head might be, for example. The second is actually weight. So if you start to slap a standard panel into, into the Aptera, you add a lot of weight to the vehicle. Um, at that point, you might end up having either a clear polymer or a glass-based shell over the panel, and you already have a pre-encapsulated panel that's flat and has you know, the resistance to oxygen, water vapor, um, you're doubling up on weight and really starting to slap together a solution rather, th rather than build something that was designed for the Aptera as a vehicle. Um, so, you know, of course, the challenge of manufacturing curved panels is one that, well, it's a challenge, um, but it enables us to create a, be a better product as a whole. One of the biggest questions that we get back, um, I think, has to do with the Tesla charger. A lot of people are like, are they going to be the first non-Tesla vehicle with a Tesla charger on board? And where, where do you guys stand with that? On the Tesla uh, charge plug, you know, we, we had that petition. Uh, we think that it's the best technology out there. Um, you know, slim form factor. It just works. Uh, we think that as a nation, we would be better off if we adopted uh, Tesla supercharging infrastructure and just wrote Elon a check. Here, go go build this infrastructure for us. You guys are the best at it. You're doing it, you know, at a fifth of the cost of some of these other uh, infrastructure projects. So, you know, perfect. Make everybody Tesla superchargers. We are working still hard um, to have the best engineering in the Aptera when it comes to charge uh, plugs and adapters. Um, and we, you know, hope that in the next few months we'll be able to show and announce and you know, talk about that further, but that's our aspiration. Uh, we're bleeding edge engineering in everything from solar to our in-wheel motors, to our battery pack technologies, to our body and carbon. Um, why should the charge plug be any different? We think it should be bleeding edge engineering too. And, and Tesla is that.
How hard is it to, because I know that you're both very talented, you know, engineers and and business people, and, and it must be so tempting to just be like, I would love to jump down a rabbit hole of all the games we could play on the center console. Uh, how hard is it to stay focused when you have this community of people who are so chomping at the bit and thinking so far outside the box of all the different ways that they could use their vehicles for fun. Um, do you want to stay focused? Do you want to have all of these things to kind of look forward to? Wait, is that another job you want? You want to be like Aptera's <laughs> head of like no, craziness? I'm just like, like, I mean, there's so many crazy fun <laughs> things, you know? Um, well, so on, on the solar end, I think it's uh, very exciting to think about all the new applications for technology. Um, and the approach that I will take um, is I will, you know, I, I have a notebook where I keep track of all the new fun, crazy ideas. Um, and sometimes I'll spend a couple minutes a week and think about, okay, if this were something we wanted to implement in the future, how would that affect my design today? And if that is a very small requirement that's not actually a significant cost adder or uh, does not add a lot of engineering effort, I'll actually incorporate some of those requirements into the design today so that maybe three years down the road, we're starting to incorporate this new feature or this new value add development and it would just enable that technology to be easier to implement in the future. Um, for other projects that may be uh, much more cost or R&D intensive, honestly, I'll simply take a note of it. Um, I think it's very nice to have this, oh, this is the future list. But I think that we really are laser focused on getting this product out the door. And we are trying to say, okay, what do we need to do today to build a robust uh, solar product or Aptera product so that we can get these in the hands of customers as soon as possible. Yeah, luckily uh, our engineering team and Pablo's manufacturing team are well shielded <laughs> from those, uh, you know, from that kind of feedback. You know, our wonderful communications team uh, fields most of that, but uh, but I, I love it. I, uh, I, I relish that people are envisioning Aptera in their lives and wouldn't it be cool if I had this. Wouldn't it be great if uh, that means that they're really, you know, building, you know, their perception of the future around Aptera? Um, and I think it's, uh, it's 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 humbling to, you know, to think that you know, we will be able to impact people's lives in terms of their impact on the planet, in terms of how much money they have to spend on transportation, decreasing their time on, you know, having to plug the vehicle in or fuel the vehicle. You know, all these things are impactful to people's lives. And, you know, I think it's, uh, I just can't wait for the next five years yep. to unfold and for us to have, you know, hundreds of thousands of Aptera on the road and to really make a difference in the world. Thank you guys. Thanks for taking time out of your busy days. I know that you guys are super busy working on the ramp. So thanks for talking to us today. And for anyone watching who hasn't been to Aptera's website yet, I urge you to go over there, check out all the different offerings. Um, use our referral code down below if you'd like to, um, because yeah, you got to get in line if you want to get one of the first ones. Yes, sir. Um, you guys are going to have a, uh, a wonderful lot of Aptera, <laughs> hopefully, to uh, to test uh, because of that referral code. And I think uh, that's just that's just awesome. Yeah, I can't wait to have like an Aptera parade. That's going to be yeah. awesome. Yeah, we're super excited. And yeah, we want to be your New England testers so we can tell you, you know, how it, how it stands up to the New England roads and the New England weather. Pothole testing at its finest. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, guys. It's been a lot of fun. Right. Thanks, guys. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. The future's bright. Back to work. Back to work. <laughs> Back to work. Back to work. <laughs> nice. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.